Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Tales of Recovery, revolutionary stories about getting your life back, getting your birthright to own your own truth and your recovery, right? Whatever it is that was stolen or taken away or or programmed into you that doesn't work anymore. So today I had a really beautiful event with this great teacher that I met, Kimberly, Kimberly James, and it's a it's this Kundalini awakening practice, which is called CAP. And in the group where we were in, we had these certain, you know, it was meditation, certain experiences, but the the main thing that came out of this was how much beauty there really lives inside of us and how skewed our view of beauty has been. And one of the reasons why I came upon this realization is one of the parts in the retreat was to take some oil and massage a part of your body, right? Whatever you wanted to massage. So I was massaging my hands, five minutes one hand, then five minutes the next hand. And as I sat there looking at my hands, I realized, well, they kind of look like my mom's hands a little bit, my mother's hands. And when she was, and I felt this sense of grief because I remember, you know, touching my mom's hands and giving her a massage in her, on her feet, on her hands, on her arms the last year, you know, when she was really sick and getting ready to, to transcend. And her body was old and her hands were, she was so like, upset about this you know she was so upset about this and I thought you know what are these standards that kill ours from really enjoying our body because after I went to the second hand and after I was getting into it and just feeling my arm and feeling like wow my arms have been so strong I've held myself for so long I've held so many people and had to work really hard with these arms you know, to carry babies, to set boundaries, to cook meals, to to take myself places, to hold myself up in yoga poses, just so much that these arms of mine, these hands have given, have felt, and all the healing that comes out of them when I, you know, laying hands on somebody. And I just, I, I felt this sensation of, it's a lot of what I teach is the felt sense of your skin of your bones, of the inside, of your muscles. And it was so sensual, and it was so beautiful. And there was a, I thought, you know, I got to talk up in the podcast about this because some of the standards that we have about beauty are really, really kind of like a suicidal um, suffocation, suffocating effect because, you know, I looked up some of the beauty standards in America, right? And these are the beauty standards I think that my mom measured herself against and therefore taught me to do it. And, you know, the daughter, my daughter and whatever, everybody else who's around anywhere near a Vogue magazine and we're now the internet. But America, it says, America has a culturally accepted norm of what makes someone beautiful, a standard that is hard to meet. Being light-skinned, Blonde and blue-eyed is the benchmark of beauty, of what is most desirable. 
These theories also help explain why certain physical attributes are more valuable in American society. Now, that's the American standard. And then I thought, well, what about the Mexican standard? And I think the Mexican standard, at least from where I was growing up, was pretty much the same. So if you were a Mexican woman and you weren't white and had blue or green eyes, pretty much you're screwed. And you're always wanting to be the blonder with lighter eyes. So you get the fake, um, you know, those pupil, pupilentes, uh, I don't know, the contact lenses to make your eyes a different color. Or you go to your, your hair and your parents are telling you, your mom, your grandma, not to get too tan. Because then you're going to look dark. And, you know, there's a lot of new standards, I think, of beauty now. There's a lot of different, at least there's a huge movement, right, to accept or to include different bodies and more voluptuous. And, you know, you have the Kardashian people and J-Lo and all these Latin American women with bigger bodies. And so now, you know, for a time it was like, it's cool to be thick. And all these different... um, I suppose even those are standards, you know. It's a it's an international obsession, our preoccupation with beauty, you know. And there's so many different ways. Like, I also looked up, for example, you know, like I said, the American, like the Western. You look through any magazine and it's still like all the women are super long, thin, uh, big boobs, and they have these features. Um, the French women, these, you know, all natural um different, you know, in different cultures, there's different standards, of course. Uh, It's always like beautiful porcelain skin, you know, for Korean or Japanese women. Um, The, you know, and I looked some of these up. I mean, there's, there's a different articles on how even Indians perception of beauty shifts as the East looks to West, right? So now they want to be whiter. And I have Indian women that'll have the, the same stories that I had as a Mexican growing up. <clears throat> like you really wanted to be as white, like you're, even if your skin was dark, but not too dark, right? Because that was the standard. And um, all of these beauty, <clears throat> um, like levels, right? There were like levels. So you're in this level or you're in this level, you're in, you're in that level. And then the whole lifetime of a woman is trying to get to the next level. And if you're not getting to the next level, then you begin to grow in your self-loathing. Um, you know, and I, I also, like I kept looking, there was a New Zealand woman, right? There, The New Zealand woman, well, I mean, one article, I don't know about all New Zealand women, but for the majority people of New Zealand, uh, nothing says beauty like a tattoo on your face. So they, they have these tattoos on your face, these shape markings called tamoko. And uh, that's supposed to be like, amazing right the most beautiful women are thought to be those with their chins and lips fully tattooed (laughs) as I could have told that to my mom when she found my first tattoo and freaked out and you know there's Brazil the South American standard of beauty which is like bombshells um free spirit and like sensuality um like you know or Colombian-born Sofia Vergara, who says, confident people have a way of carrying themselves that makes others more attracted to them. So it's in how you walk, right? In how you feel, in how you move. And um, Anyway, there's so many different ones. But of course, I'm talking about really the ones that I can relate to 
which are more in Latin America, Mexico, and United in the United States. And then, as I was talking about this, one of the guys at the retreat sent me a video where Krishnamurti talks about beauty. He's like, "Oh, you need to. You mentioned the beauty thing. Listen to listen to this." to just these words from this guy who was saying that he was questioning um, what beauty was, right? And he was more questioning as in an art form. Like when you go to a museum and you have to see the Picasso or whatever the Michelangelo painted and you're like, wow, that's so beautiful. You're taught that this is beautiful. You go to those museums or you, you do the tours and you get the whole download about who did that painting and who did that painting. And wow, this is beautiful. And I'm really enjoying this video because he was questioning that, saying, you know, maybe that's the beauty that the artist feels. Or when you walk into a cathedral and you're supposed to feel, wow, this is beautiful. And I honestly, all the museums and cathedrals I ever went to, I just thought they were just, I just never liked them. But of course, I couldn't say anything. How are you going to say you don't like what's in the Louvre or or in the Museum of Modern Art, you know. And some modern art is cool. I like that. But I just, it's not my jam to go in a museum and walk for five hours and look at art. Um, maybe somebody else thinks that's great. I would much rather be outside in the mountains looking at natural beauty because it gives me a different sensation. And I think beauty is really a felt sense. But Krishnamurti was talking about how is it something that's created by people, this beauty thing? these beauty standards. Of course, people are creating these things to make money. I don't really think, you know, it's it's all about, I'm assuming in the beginning you have to be really beautiful so your father can marry you off and get some money off of you with this whole patriarchy thing about trading off women. And then, you know, time goes by and all this, now it becomes a marketing thing and advertising. How do you look? If you look well put, uh, you know, well um, yeah, put together, beautiful, then you're worth more. And then that transfers into marketing and advertising. And how am I going to sell this product to you if I put my lipstick on somebody who, you know, maybe isn't meeting the standards that we've been sold or fed for so many, many, many years. And it's so dreadfully artificial, um, completely created by by someone and then it sets the standards and is it I think it's you know how do we express the beauty because is it something that cannot possibly be expressed or can it be expressed you know and so these 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 standards of color and and and, and size and the flow, the different types of hair, and how you're going to look, and how you're going to feel, are so <clears throat> I say heavy. They're so heavy because, um, and I say this, you know, including as I'm beginning to age, <laughs> noticing a little bit more every day how I, I look in the mirror every morning and I see myself and I've learned. It really has taken me about eight years now to learn to look in the mirror, look into my eyes and just say, you are beautiful. Like the weight of your wisdom and what you've carried 
and how you hold yourself and all you've been through. And I can literally say and look at myself and say, yeah, I'm beautiful. But I, you know, of course, not always. Sometimes it doesn't work. But it's taken me a long time to be able to say this. This inside job of like, because who sees you, right? Who feels you? As you're growing up, the person that sees you, your mom, your grandma, your aunt, the people at school, and they they are, you know, seeing you through this lens of artificial beauty standard. And so if you don't measure it, then you don't feel seen. You don't feel 100%. You don't feel like you're catching up. You don't have the right jeans. You don't have the right body. You're not wearing the right shoes or the right little purse or the lips and the hair is a mess and it's straight or it's curly, blah, blah, blah. So you get lost in this confusion of having to be something else in order to feel this beauty that is your innate birthright. And, you know, I've seen some people that are not meeting the beauty standards, but they really feel like they're beautiful. And it's interesting. It's like kind of contagious. Like, wow, they they see themselves as this beauty. And here I am back here in this judgment that I was taught that that's not the standard. And so there are so many ways of looking at this. Um, but the most important one, I think, for, for healing, for recovering, is really allowing this felt sense, if this innate, innate felt sense of what really beauty is for, for me, right, for you. And one of the things that Krishna Murti was talking about also was how we must understand suffering in order to understand beauty. Without suffering, we can't have beauty. Not that you have to suffer, but it's like a sensation, right? Because we tend to escape from suffering. Everyone wants to escape from suffering. Everyone wants to escape from not meeting these beauty standards uh, that are ridiculous. And as I was saying about getting older and, and entering into this like crone road, um, one of my younger friends a couple of weeks ago we had a concert and she was she didn't even know what the crone was it's like well it's maiden mother crone so you're super young you're a maiden then you are like you have kids or you're childbearing age and then after that you're a crone <laughs> a wise woman an older woman and they're they're so revered um, you know in the earth-based earth honoring traditions and then and right now we're we're trying I think to reclaim this right reclaim back the beauty of noticing that getting old is a privilege and that being a crone is to be honored and hopefully you're a wise one but allowing even that journey that's coming up for many of us to come in and to be able to feel the sense of this deep suffering, this deep struggle that life has had that is so connected to beauty. All of us have struggled. All of us have been through hell and back. And here we are, resilient in the human um, capacity to expand in this. Hopefully we're, we're healing and you're doing lots of different modalities to not just endure, but the beauty is such an important standard for us that it's really important to realize oh okay okay who's benefiting from my self-loathing here like if you really are sensing that you know um 
you're just not meeting the, the standards or you just didn't lose that weight you wanted to lose or you're like, you know, you're getting some wrinkles here and there or your hair's not curly or your hair's not straight. Like, remember who set these beauty standards and who benefits from our self-loathing? Of course, you know, beauty product people are going to benefit from this and the Cosmopolitan magazine and the patriarchy and you know it's if, if we begin to see it that way we can, it can begin to sort of embrace that it's not, it's not that it's bad that you want to look beautiful and that you like to do your hair and you know I like to dress up and get my nails done and do but out of a sense of self-care and self-love for me because I want to embrace my own style and I like, you know, to look a certain way and to do things a certain way. But not because if I don't do this, I can't feel the in, in inner beauty, the felt sense. So the sensation of beauty is an inside job. The sensation of beauty as you, you know, give yourself a massage in the morning as you're showering or whenever. Some sesame oil, touching your hands, touching your arms, touching your chest your body, your parts everywhere, and just your face. I mean, when was the last time you really touched yourself to say, wow, my, this body that I have, this sensation is just um, incredible. It's incredible. And that's, um, I guess it's a different class of, not class of beauty, like as in selection, but like a learning a different learning of what beauty is, right? The depth of your color, of your sensation of your skin and your body, of how you're made. Reclaiming this felt sense of beauty, this feeling of embodiment, and just going in and realizing, okay, I can shed all this crazy bullshit that was taught to me because of that's what was my survival mode because that's how I was seen and I'm trying to look at the magazines. Okay, all of that, once you come to the understanding that all of that stuff is 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 artificially created or and by artificial it's like yeah it was art somebody created it but if you're not looking like a b or c on this picture that doesn't mean that you're not this amazing beautiful thing that you can't feel this sense of beauty you don't have to fit in a size four bathing suit for you to own your beauty like these are your curves, this is your body, this is your skin. And sometimes wanting to fit into that size four and that loathing is what really takes us in the complete opposite direction of self-hurt and eating foods that aren't good for us and drinking too much and, you know, beating ourselves up, taking 50,000 cups of coffee a day and just thinking that, oh, I'm never going to be. And this is self-sabotage, this self-loathing. So it's important to watch, to keep an eye out on, okay, okay, who am I listening to? Like, where is this coming from? Where is this message coming from? And how hurtful is it? You know, and it was so clear in my face for me with my mom. And I tell you, my grandmother had two or three facelifts. Um, some of my aunts, I mean, so many of my mom's friends. You know, my mom never had surgery. She just didn't want to. But boy, was she hard on herself and she looked in the mirror. 
towards the last days of our life, you know, uh, the wrinkles, uh, God damn it. Uh, this, this, that, like, com- it was a constant, like, mom, are you kidding me? I mean, you know how many people never make it to be old? Like, and it's just a mindset. It wasn't like, oh, okay, once I get, if I get, if I heal and I get two facelifts, then I'm going to be happy. No, no, it was always going to be something else. It was always going to be, I need a, you know, a straighter nose or bigger eyes or a different type of hair. The malcontent because of these misconstrued beauty standards are killing us, are killing us. And it's not worth it. It's not fucking worth it, man. It's something we really need to look at. I look at it. I've been looking at it on and off. And, you know, I'm talking about it here because, hell yeah, I struggle with it. There's been times when I'm like, well, whatever, I'm just going to let it go and just not work out anymore because now I'm just going to embrace my crown and just go for walks. And two, three months go by and I'm like, oh, shit, fuck, I better get to the gym again and the yoga. And I, and I go and I get injured <laughs> and I have to remember, OK, calm the fuck down, calm down. Like, it's OK if I'm not going to be looking like Madonna anymore. But it's so stuck in my head <laughs> that these, you know, these, this these classes that I'm that I take these different modalities that I learn about really getting into the felt sense of the body and noticing that it's just right here right now these hands that I can look at these legs that I have these feet that I walk on these wrinkles that are on my face and the eye the life inside of my eyes that's my beauty that's the depth of me reclaiming the felt sense of the beauty when I can stand in dignity and own whatever is there in my body um, <clears throat> you know the just the wisdom of these curves the wisdom of these wrinkles the life experience that I've had and that I really you know, we, we need to, I will, I'll speak for me. I need to forgive myself for all of those years of, you know, being so hard, trying so much to be looking this perfect way, beating my body up with diets and CrossFit and marathons and just thinking that if I didn't do that, you know, and it's part of the journey, but it's important, you know, the, the acceptance, the self-love and really just knowing like, where is this shit coming from? Because as soon as you start acknowledging that this isn't something that your mom wanted you to be, that's something that her mother, grandmother wanted her to be and her great-grandmother wanted her to be and all this pressure handed down because, I don't know, otherwise they wouldn't get sold to the fucking husband and then you wouldn't be able to have a family. Well, it's not like that anymore. We can change things around now. Nobody needs to sell you off. <laughs> we don't need to be selling our daughters off. It isn't some fucking approval show or an exchange. It's 2021 and things are different. And if we know where these messages are coming from, we can notice them, acknowledge them, and then investigate where they came from and nurture our own bodies and our own mind and our own hearts. That that's not the way. That's just ridiculous. And we can surrender into our body to the dignity of knowing that the sensation of beauty is just that, a sensation. When you see a beautiful flower opening up or a, an eagle, a hawk flying in front of you, it's like, oh, wow, oh my 
my gosh, did you see that? But it's really the sensation that it causes. So when you see something beautiful, that felt sense, can you close your eyes and feel that same felt sense for your own body? For your own skin, for your own eyes when you look in the mirror in the morning? You know, Louise Hay has this... Um, this exercise of, yeah, looking in the mirror in the morning naked, just telling yourself, I love you, you're beautiful. Look at you. And it's weird at first, right? You're like, what? wait a minute, I'm not, nobody ever taught me to do this. But you are. You are this beauty. You can stand there in the mirror, you can tell yourself that until you begin to believe it. And it's a different practice. Different practice than believing what Cosmopolitan magazine says about how skinny you need to be or how many surgeries or lip fillers you have to have. And it's interesting because a lot of girls are getting these fillers and these Botox when they're like not even 20. What's happening? I mean, little Botox assist when you're pushing 40, maybe, but when you're that young, it's just everyone wants to change themselves to meet this standard. So allowing, I think for going inwards and, and really sensing that sensation, that self-beauty that that we're so um, capable of being in awe of our, of our own experience, of our own heart, our wisdom, our, um, you know, our organic machine, this, this, this piece of meat that we, that we sit in, that we live through, that records so many experiences of sorrow and amazingness and pain and pleasure and joy and, and sadness. And that really, if we can begin to acknowledge that all of these things come through the sensations of this organic machine, that that's really where we can find the sense of the beauty and then grow our dignity from that standpoint, instead of these stupid standards that are worthless. Um, they're worthless and they're killing so many of us. Um, so owning my grown coming years, owning the responsibility of being in here, even speaking to you guys and telling these words to my daughter and whoever else other women hear it. You know, I, I won't I wish I'd been able to tell this to my mom sooner or that she had taken the different type of pill instead of the pill believing that only when you're 20 and, and skinny and winning a beauty pageant are you worth anything. She held so much pressure. She carried so much weight for so many years of looking a certain way and straight up and, you know, tuck your stomach in and, oh, never come out without makeup on and, there was like, man, I mean, so exhausting. You know, one of the cool things about this year is you can be in sweatpants all day and still feel beautiful. I mean, I'm in my yoga pants and I feel like, yeah, man, this is great. Um, and by no means do I want to say that I don't like to wear lipstick and do my nails and I love my big hoop earrings and my sensation of beauty, but I've grown into owning it in my body inside of me, not for you to approve it or anybody else's standards. So that's what's being recovered today in <laughs> Tales of Recovery. May we surrender into our bodies 
and realize the inside job of the sensation, this gift that we get in this life of the sensation of beauty. Ashe. Thank you for listening to Tales of Recovery. We'll see you next time. Please share, subscribe, and leave um, a review if you feel called to. <laughs> okay, take it easy. Bye.